You'll notice on the screen, speaking of great commissions and great answers to that commission, is one given by a man named Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott made this statement. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You may not know that name, but Jim Elliott didn't want you to know that statement because he didn't make that statement publicly. He actually wrote that statement in his journal back in 1949, October of 1949. But it is a statement that would eventually be heard around the world and would influence tens of thousands to give their lives to follow Christ. A few months after pinning that statement in his journal, Jim Elliott heard a missionary speak on a need in Ecuador for an unreached people group, the Orani or the Aka Indians. And Jim Elliott uh, adjusted his life to God, gave his life to go to Ecuador to prepare to go and, and reach that group of Indians with the gospel. And so over a period of time, he and three other missionaries began making efforts. They would drop gifts by plane uh, to that Indian village. But in January of 1956, they landed their missionary plane on a sandbar just outside the village, hoping to have their first efforts to share the gospel with that Indian tribe. Unfortunately, all four were speared to death by members of that tribe. At that time, Jim Elliott was 28 years old. He left behind his wife, Elizabeth, and their 10-month-old daughter. Less than two years later, Elizabeth Elliott went back to that very village with her three-year-old daughter to live among those Indians with other missionaries and share the gospel with them. That is a story that could only be written in heaven. Although those words were written before I were born, the words of Jim Elliot, nevertheless, they still ring in my heart and they ought to ring in yours. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Had Jim Elliot not left everything to follow Jesus, had he not been willing to lose everything for our Lord's honor and glory, you likely would never have heard his name. And a jungle tribe in Ecuador would have never heard the gospel. When we come to the 10th chapter of the gospel of Mark, Peter and the disciples were beginning to realize their own depth of involvement in the Jesus movement. And so, feeling the weight of it, Peter asked a question. He said, or he made a statement, I guess, to Jesus. He said, behold... We have left everything and followed you. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. Perhaps you're on the front end of a similar commitment. You're thinking about becoming a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You might be weighing the sacrifice that you will have to make if you answer his call to some service he uh, has asked you to perform. Uh, maybe you've already made such a commitment. And now, like Peter, you're beginning to second guess what it's going to cost you, and you're rethinking that decision. Then there are others of you who've never even taken time to ponder what it might be like to follow Jesus, to, to be uh, a disciple. We find the context of Peter's question in Mark chapter 10, 
verses 28 and following. But the title of the message today is going to sort of set the tone for the scripture and for everything else. And it's asking you, have you left everything? Have you left everything? Let's look at the scripture. Mark chapter 10, beginning to read in verse 28. Peter began to say to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, our brothers, our sisters, our mother, our father, our children, our farms, for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Now I have three questions to you this morning, and they're serious questions, and you're going to have to give it serious consideration. And the first one is this, are you required to leave everything to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Peter began to say to him, Lord, behold, we have left everything to follow you. Was it necessary? Had the disciples misunderstood the call of Jesus and his claim upon their lives? And did he require such a sacrifice? You have to understand the context in which Peter raises that question. He asked that question immediately after Jesus finished his conversation with a young man who came to Jesus and said, Lord, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to that young man, he was a rich young man, Jesus said, uh, the Bible says, looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, one thing you lack Go and sell all that you possess and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Jesus had just said to that young man, sell everything, leave everything and come and follow me. Uh, and perhaps you'll remember how the young man responded. The Bible says that he went away sorrowful because he had much possessions. He would have considered a man like Jim Elliot a fool, and perhaps you do as well. The Lord will never pry from your hands anything that will keep you from following him. He will never take away from you anything that will keep you from his plan and his purpose for your life. But know this, if you want to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be something that he will require you to surrender. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Had Jesus asked the disciples to do what he asked that young man to do? Apparently so, because Peter said, Behold, we have left everything to follow you. Are you required to leave everything to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, then we have to ask, let Jesus answer that question himself. In the Gospel of Luke, in the 14th chapter, Jesus was speaking to a group of prospective followers, and he said in Luke 14, 28, For which one of you, when he builds a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost 
to see if he has enough to complete it. If you're building a house today in Loosedale, Mississippi, if you had plans to build a house in October, it will cost you more to build a house in April than it would have cost you in October. It will cost considerably more. And if you haven't checked the cost, you need to. That's a practical thing. That's something everybody has to do. And Jesus was speaking in practical terms. If you're going to build something, you've got to know the cost. And so you need to know what it costs to follow me. And then he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. In other words, no earthly attachment can stand in the way of you answering the call to follow Christ or what he wants you to do. He requires that we leave everything. And so Peter, feeling the weight of such a sacrifice, said, Behold, we have left everything to follow you. And the Lord said, he made a statement that has proved true in my life. Look, I, I was an only child. I left my parents. Not so much was I ever concerned about me having to leave them to go and do what God... I was always worried about them because I didn't leave them with two or three other children. And that remains so to this day. I had to make that decision. And then one day I had to leave my children... And then one day, probably the hardest day, was when we had to move off and leave the little grandchildren that lived in the house with us to come to Loosedale, Mississippi. But you know what I found to be true? And I had this also a testimony. A pastor's son told me the other day, he said, you know, Brother Eddie, he said, wherever we lived, we lived away from our family, but we always had family. The church became our family. Jesus said to Peter, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and the gospel's sake that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Number two, have you left everything? Of course, the justification some will make uh, is that the Lord doesn't want you to give everything or leave everything. He just wants you to be willing. So let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's talk about Abraham in the 22nd chapter of Genesis. When God spoke to Abraham and he said, Look, I want you to take now your son, your only son, the son whom you love, Isaac, and I want you to go to the land of Moriah, and I want you to offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I tell you. Now, Abraham could have pondered that call that God gave to him and said, I know that God only wants willingness on my part to do such a thing. I know he doesn't intend for me to do it. So I don't have to go to the land of Moriah. I don't have to take my son with me. I don't have to build an altar. I don't have to stack the wood. I don't have to build a fire. I don't have to take a knife with which to slay my son. I don't have to lay my son on that altar. I just have to be willing. And God knows that I'm willing. But you see what God knew about Abraham is he knew that that son that he loved was more precious to Abraham than God himself. 
And so the measure of Abraham's commitment would only be revealed if he made that trip and built that altar and gathered that wood and took that knife and bound his son and lay him upon that altar and reached to take the knife to slay his son because not until that boy was dead in Abraham's heart did God say, now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. And God didn't require the sacrifice, but it had been done in Abraham's heart. As they were going along the road, somebody came to Jesus one day and said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. No doubt some of you have made the same promise. Most of us, I suppose, have at some point. And Jesus said, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. And Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So I want to ask you a question. It's a question that requires as honest an answer as you have ever given. Have you left everything to follow Jesus? Let me tell you about Joe. Joe, it's, this is another Joe. Joe, where are you? I, I can't find, there. there's Joe. I'm always talking about Joe in my sermons, but Joe knows it's another Joe. It's not that Joe. But this particular Joe I'm going to tell you about was going to California. He told his mom and dad and his friends he was going to the airport to catch a plane to go to California. And so many of his friends made a similar decision. And so they all went down to the airport and when they got to the airport, they sang songs about going to California. And on the wall, they put up maps of California. At the airport, they broke up into small groups and began to talk about the value of going to California. The plane left sometime later, and they all went home. But the next Sunday, they went back to the airport, and they sang again about California. They, they looked at their maps, and they met in their groups they even enlisted other people to go to the airport with them and meet with them. And on Sunday, the plane left again and, and they all went home. But the next Sunday, they were back. And the next Sunday and the next Sunday. And most of them try to get there at least once a month so they can sing and talk about going to California. But not one of them has ever gotten on the plane because they say, all you have to do is be willing to make the journey. And that's the next thing to being there. I tell you that story to remind you that a lot of us have used the same excuse down through the years. The Lord has asked us to make a surrender of something in our life. Maybe our own plans in favor of His. Maybe to go away that we need to go, but we don't want to go. We say, well, you know, we just have to be willing. We don't really have to make the journey. Jim Elliot said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he ha cannot lose. Last question. Are you willing to leave everything to follow Jesus? That's a simple question. Requires simply 
a yes or no answer. You could ask that one in Congress. Probably wouldn't get a straight answer, but are you willing, yes or no? What is it that you're least willing to let go of in order to follow Jesus? Maybe sometimes for some people it's their pride. The guy that Doug talked to that hadn't been to church in five or six years, probably sin. I can't let go of my sin. I cherish it too much. I can't let go of it. Uh, is it wealth? Well, you know, you know the money that we have, it, it can't comfort us when we're sick. It can't wipe tears out of our eyes. It can't sprout wings and take us to heaven. What about your career, the one you chose for yourself? Are you willing to give it up in, in favor of the one the Lord has chosen for you? When I was a student at New Orleans Seminary long years ago, Dr. Landrum Level was the president of the seminary, and he had a saying that he was wont to say at seminary chapels. And he said, when all your friends have gathered around to recognize your success and to congratulate you and to say their last farewells, as they're passing by your coffin, all you can hold in your cold, dead hand is what you've given away. Last thing, when it's all said and done, Jesus will measure your commitment and mine, not by what we were able to keep, but by what we were willing to lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let's pray.